the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. We are on Twitter. The Baseball 365 of tw- official Twitter account is at Baseball365Pod. I'm at Justin Hughes 365, and Andrew is at AMCQ82. It is time for part two of the Baseball 365 uh, third base preview where Andrew and I are talking about all the first ba- or third baseman that is that are ranked after 17. So from 18 on, we're going to touch on the rest. If you have not heard part one where we talk about them on one through 17, go back and listen to our previous episode, episode 171, where we touch on them all. All right. Enjoy. Next group we got, actually, we're only, it's only one guy because I, Isaac Paredes, uh, we already touched on him. He's at 176 overall, and he was touched on on the first base episode. And then we got Junior Junior Caminero at 212 overall with Tampa Bay. You know, Caminero is a top five prospect on almost every fantasy ranking I've ever, I've seen right now. I'm some of I know I've at least seen him on that number one on at least one list. If Caminero's up opening day, what type of player do you think he could be this year? Well, I when I saw this question, I went to his steamer 600 to see what they had for him. So for anybody unfamiliar with steamer 600, it's essentially if every single player got 600 at-bats, what the projection would be. Where do you, um, where do you find that anyways? Because I've never looked at that. It's on, it's on Fangraphs. Up by where projections in Steamer six hundred. Okay, I have not. Yeah, that so before. so basically, it just removes the playing time risk and just says everyone gets six hundred at bats, and this is what this is what your stat line is. So for Caminero, two sixty six, twenty four home runs, five steals, and like seventy five, seventy eight runs in RBI. Um, so it's essentially Alex Bregman. Um provided he got 600 at bats, which I think I, I think it's fair. Yeah. I think if he gets that, I mean, there's obviously uncertainty because we don't know for sure exactly what he's going to get in terms of playing time. My personal opinion, I I've got some Caminero in redraft. Um, It's hard for me to get off of him at this price. I, and this is part of this is a hunch, but I feel like the Rays with this whole Wander situation are I mean it's it's clear that they know they have to know that they have a, a huge hole now and they need somebody to fill that hole and I don't necessarily mean at that exact position but just in terms of like their franchise I mean this was their franchise player and all of those things so what do they got they got Junior Caminero. He's essentially a top three prospect on any list that you look. He's major league ready. He was up last year and can probably pretty quickly be one of their very best hitters. So to me, what that's all screaming is that he's going to play. And if I'm wrong on that, then I guess I'm wrong. But yeah, I just think that, um, 
there's a very good chance he's up early, if not immediately, starting opening day. Uh, Baseball America gave this guy 80-grade power, which they don't do. Nope. Uh, 55 hit, 80 power, 55 run. So, And his exit velocities, all of his hard hit throughout the minors is elite. Um, and it's just, you know, really just a matter of how it translates. I believe half of his home runs last season – went to right or right center too. So it's not like he's just pulling everything. And his one major league home run went to right center for sure. Um, Cause I've watched it a few times and it's pretty impressive, but yeah, I like Camonero and redraft. I think the cost is right. I, I'm not worried about him not playing. They have enough guys that they can shuffle around, uh, which the Rays will do because they're the Rays, but he's an elite prospect and he's ready. And yeah, I, he's not even penciled into their, uh, to the majors on roster resource, but I just think we're going to get to spring training opening day and it's going to be clear that, I mean, you look at this raised lineup uh, huh? and I'm not, and I'm not saying it's terrible. It's fine, but I, I God, I, I think there's an off chance. He's their best hitter like soon, you know, and they have some good ones, but they don't have anybody that's super elite really as a hitter. So yeah, I think he could be that. And, at worst, he's probably like good floor that's just going to be pretty solid if he gets a full season of at-bats, even even at his age, whatever he is, 20. I mean, 20. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. He – um, I'm, when I – like the Rays right now, that roster resource lineup has Jonathan Aranda at DH and it has Jose Caballero at shortstop. I just – it's hard for me. Like I will be surprised if he's not on that team on opening day. And if he's not, yeah. it's just because the Rays are being the Rays. That's the only reason that they would do it. But given the circumstances, I kind of I, I'm leaning that they will. I mean, they could also go sign a couple cheap guys in the next month. They could be the one that has Tim Anderson. I don't know if Tim Anderson would be the type of guy they'd sign, but they could sign somebody like that, and all of a sudden put a wrench in things. Whit Merrifield's in there or something. It's possible, yeah. but. Um, no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm with you in terms of I. It's hard for me to believe he's if he's not up opening day. It's pretty early. You know when I think I didn't do the steamer 600, but when I think of like production out of him for his rookie year, I think of Jake Berger actually. Now Berger hit 34 homers. I'm not sure I'm projecting that next year even, but you know one of those 250 hitters with who can hit about 30 home runs with upside for more. Guy has 40 home run pop and. Not sure I'd expect that this year, but yeah, like you just said, yeah. 80-grade power, it's possible. Yeah, the other thing, too, with Camonero that I think is interesting that nobody's really talking about is I think that there's a chance that he has multi, multi-position multi eligibility. Too. I'm glad you said that because when you were talking because, a moment ago, I was thinking I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I I think that ultimately he's a third baseman, but I also think that right now – Given the circumstances, like just, you know, roster resource right now, they've got Brandon Lau at second, Jose Caballero at short, uh, Isak Paredes at third, and Jonathan Naranda at DH. Now, I think there's going to be plenty of shuffling there. I've even said what I said about Carson Williams, and there's other guys that are going to move in and out. They've got Oslevis Basabe. They've got Taylor Walls, who's going to be out early in the year. But they've got guys that can kind of shuffle around there. But, 
I mean, there's there's a chance they just lock Kevin Arrow in, like you're the third baseman, go get it, you know, type of thing. But I also think that they could, depending on who's playing what day, like against the lefty, against the righty, and they're moving guys around a little bit. I could see him maybe moving around a little bit, just enough to get like second base or shortstop eligibility too. And then you've got corner infield, middle infield flex with him and playing time. You know, it could get it starts to get really appetizing. You know, if you think like June and beyond with him, what he could be. So, yeah, I definitely like Caminero. He's one of the ones I'm more in on at this position. It, I don't, I don't, I just feel like the reward outweighs the risk here. I don't think there's a ton of risk given the context. Obviously, I know he's a prospect, but yeah, yeah. If I, if I don't get any of the top twelve. Like in the guys I like in the, the, that top twelve, Caminero is probably the guy I'm eyeing to try to grab. Now, what I don't like is there are not many others before or after I don't like. So, it's more of a, I'd rather get him as a corner guy. But yeah, I, I, oh, definitely. I would love to have him as a corner on just about any team. To your yeah, um, I don't, I don't. Real quick, I don't want him going into the season as my third baseman. I, I'd much rather you know corner infield, and then um, obviously you're drafting other guys and planning around it but Caminero played seven games in the majors and I have eight games of positions because he must have moved around in one of them but in those seven games he DH twice and he played second base once third base three times and shortstop twice so yeah yeah to your point they are like they could always just plug him in somewhere but they also could just have him be the rookie who's moving around yeah all right, the next group we have here, we have Ryan McMahon with Colorado. Uh, we talked about him on the second base podcast. He's 224 overall. Michael Garcia with the Royals is at 225. Heimer Candelario at first third with Cincinnati. We talked about him on the first base podcast. He's at 242. Matt Chapman, who's a free agent, he's 264. Luis Rengifo, he plays everywhere, and we talked about him on the second base podcast. He's at 265. And Eugenio Suarez is at 273. Let's start off talking about Michael Garcia. You know, very unique stats for a third baseman. If you were, Andrew, if you were insanely strong in power and needed some speed, could you take this guy as a corner infielder? Could I? I mean, uh, I don't think so. That, I was about to say, you didn't even <laughs> I was have gonna to say, say no. Yeah, with the, oh. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. It, it's just such a weird profile at this position. Best way I can put it. Like, wouldn't it make? I'll get into him here in a sec. But wouldn't it make more sense if he was the shortstop and Bobby Witt was the third baseman? I was thinking about that today. It's funny. I actually, as I, I did. Not I mean, I don't think know about it earlier, but I. Don't I I was thinking, why isn't he playing second base? I'm right now trying to pull up their page to see who their second baseman is because I can't even. Michael Massey is at second. Just seems odd. Yeah, I mean, I know you probably want to just leave your franchise guy at short. I get that, but yeah, just such a weird profile here. I mean, what he he had four home runs in like 122 games, right? That sounds about right. Um, and he hits the ball hard but he just doesn't hit it in the air. Um, so it's almost like a Yandy Diaz thing where he's just banging everything into the ground, you know, 
20 steals maybe you know i think he what he what he steal 20 he stole 20 plus yeah and he's projected for right around 20 did have a 273 expected batting average so if he does start hitting the ball in the air more it could get appealing but yeah it's just i'm not trying to like plug this into a corner spot where there's guys getting 30 plus bombs and i'm sitting here with michael garcia you know i just I'm just not really too uh, too interested. I, I do think that there's guys later, one that's coming up, especially that are just more likely to help. It, it kind of depends on your build, though. Like, I guess if you have tons of power and need speed, it's fine. But just not not probably how I'm gonna be uh, gonna be doing it. You know? Yeah. You mentioned the exit, like he hits the ball hard. His exit velocity. Did you say it? I don't remember. Did you just say it? It's almost, no. It was almost no. 92 miles an hour on his average exit velocity, max EV of 110. So he can hit the ball hard. I mean, his hard hit rate was 50.6%, but he also had a six launch angle and a, a barrel percentage just under four. So he, um, yeah, just does not go up. If they could tinker and get a little more of an elevation on him, I mean, I, you know, thinking about it just now and thinking about if he was to elevate the ball more you know, the player that crossed my mind that I think is a realistic upside of, like, oh, this is a ceiling, I should say, but, like, it made me think of Tim Anderson. And maybe he could be that type of player eventually. But, yeah, I, like, I actually think he'd be a pretty good buy for a dynasty league if you're not contending right now to be able to just sit on him for a couple of years. Cause yeah, yeah, he, that's fair. That's he, fair. He probably sure. is not going to be a third baseman forever. And you he's probably back in a middle infield slot. And, yeah, you can just kind of sit there and not care that he's sitting there giving you four home runs out of your third base slot right now. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't chase. He doesn't whiff. Um, there's some good things for sure. But then I, there's I the ground I just, I just Yeah, and I just can't stop staring at four home runs and, think, <laughs> and thinking about putting it into a corner infield slot. You know, it's just tough. But Completely. Yeah, and if he's, he's a guy that if – the power ticks up even into the mid to upper teens. I mean, he could be pretty damn good. So I won't completely dismiss that given some of the hard hit. Well, let's move on to a couple others here. We got Matt Chapman and Eugenio Suarez and a him or him here. Who would you rather have? Uh, I will go Chapman. I would go Suarez. Interesting. Do you feel strongly about it? Uh, talk to me once Chapman signs with somebody. Oh, I, I thought See. maybe we'd have ourselves a 365 bet because we have so few of them. Tell me why why you'd take Chapman over Suarez, and then I'll I'll circle back. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're similar. It's not like a, a crazy difference. I think they're both, you know, low average power guys that aren't going to run. So, um, but yeah, Chapman, I mean... 17 homers on 58 barrels, the 14th most barrels in baseball, tied with Juan Soto, Jordan Alvarez, and Freddie Freeman. I missed like, this that guy's not this him. guy's wow. not a 17 home run guy. I mean, it's just so. And the projections show him. You know, it's like upper mid to upper 20s. It's just fluky thing. You know, it happens. But yeah, I, I basically feel like Chapman. Like I always have. I mean, I I feel like he's similar guy every year and. This past season, it was just kind of like a bottom end outcome with him, but I still think he's a similar guy. I, it's a it, it's crazy to look at the barrel leaders 
and see him in the top 15 with the season he had. So I can't, uh, I can't get off of that really. Trying to find second half swings. That was the episode we, t- I definitely talked about him. He, here we go. Um, at the all-star break, he was hitting 269 or 259 with 12 homers since the all-star break at the, like when we did the episode, he was at hitting 202 with three homers. He was really good at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden, it yeah. just, like the production just disappeared. But that that barrel number is interesting. So at this point, Andrew and I actually lost a little chunk of our recording. And I'm, but I was just getting ready to talk about Eugenio Suarez and why I would take him. And I agreed with Andrew about the Chapman. Like in term, I was really surprised with the Chapman um, barrel total. But I kind of view Eugenio Suarez and Chapman as similar players. But Eugenio Suarez, with his 22 home runs in 162 games played in Seattle, but moving to Arizona, he should clear the fences more. And I had mentioned in the NL West episode, whenever Andrew and I were doing the divisions, that Seattle ranks 30th for right-handed power hitters, and Arizona's more neutral at 14th. So hopefully he can get a little more out and get closer to that 30 home run total that he's been previous, like in previous seasons, while Chapman's power did disappear, even though Andrew brought a good point about the barrels that I didn't know, and maybe there was an injury to explain it, but even if he rebounds, he's probably one that, um, he's probably doing what I expect Suarez to do. That was my thoughts there. So the only other chunk was when I started reading off the ADPs here, I'm going to read them off for the next group, and then the audio kicks back in here. So, ADPs in the 300s. We got Jordan Westberg at the 26th, uh, second or third baseman here at 302. He was covered on the three uh, the um, second base pod. Willie Castro at third base outfield at 306. Wilmer Flores at 331, who's first base, third base eligible. Brett Beatty is 346. Colt Keith at 353. Ezekiel Duran, who's third, short, and outfield eligible. We touched on him on the out uh, the shortstop pod. Chris Taylor, he plays pretty much everywhere. He was on the shortstop pod at 362. Tyler Black at 367. Yohan Mankata at 378. Matt Veerling at 382. And DJ LeMayhew, who is first third at 386. And by the way, Matt Veerling is also three um, third base outfield eligible. Uh, Colt Keith, you know, he just signed a long-term deal with Detroit this last week. So he's going to be moving up in, on this ADP. How much do you think that's going to be moving him up in the short term? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I would say um, I think he goes into like around where that previous group, like the McMahon, Candelario, somewhere in there. Yeah. I I mean, he's not getting up to Muncie. You know what I mean? So. Somewhere in there, yeah, like McMahon, Candelario, Chapman, somewhere in that area, Suarez. Yeah, I don't think he's going to pop that. I mean, it's it's like 80 to 100 picks, you know. Like, But I do think – I think his min that I saw when I looked was like 244, which would be like round 17. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably going to be closer to where he's going. Um. Average ADP, stuff like that. Do you think you would go after him? You know, he's second base and third base eligible, too. Oh, wait. No, he's not. No, he's not. I'm not. He is on he is on fan tracks. Yeah. That's... But he's not on NFPC. That's that's actually a really nice 
uh, piece to it. Um, I don't know. Pro- I, I think I'd probably rather have like Chapman, but I get it. I mean, there's some upside there. It's, I think it probably priced me out, but maybe not. I like him. I like him a little bit. I just liked him more when it was not in. The thing was, was early in the off season. I was thinking about him, and I got him in one or two leagues. But I, I was just thinking, okay, nobody really sees this yet, type of thing. And now everybody sees it. So it's like it's been uncovered, you know. And I don't know. It's probably going to get to a point where I'm like, I'm good. What about Tyler Black? You know, he had a heck of a 2023. He stole 50-plus bases, I think 18 homers. Do you think he's going to be an impact guy in 24? Well, I mean, based on what he did last year, he could be. I don't I don't really, like, consider him a guy like that. I don't, like, not enough power and stuff, but. I mean, he could be if he got playing time and was running at anywhere near what he was. Uh, they definitely have spots that could open up for him. But I, do, I also I just don't look at him as a guy that's definitely going to get a spot either. So when you say yeah, definitely get really, a spot, do you mean like to start the year? Or are you meaning like at all this year? I, I just don't think he's guaranteed anything. So it's hard to. Like being an impact guy, I don't, I don't know, I don't really see it. I mean, there's a chance, I guess, but I don't really look at him that way. Yeah, I think what he's you- gonna get. I think he's gonna get a shot this year. I was really curious for the Baseball America prospect book to come out to see what kind of speed and power grade they gave him, because yeah, forty five and sixty. Yeah, because he like I heard people saying like you know he stole those fifty five bags, but he's not that type of runner, and you know they said he's got really good instincts i think but yeah i don't think he's a 40 steel guy at all in the major leagues i think he's more i like i would guess he's more of a 20 to 25 maybe 30 like i think he could be like an andres jimenez type player when i think about what he could be and i think that they're, they'll make a role for him but the the one thing is he's not a great defensive player and it it sounds like they think that he'll end up at third base i think i read that he's pretty much only played third base this offseason as he's been preparing for this next season. And he's not a great defender, and that will put more pressure on you. Um, who was the Rangers guy that a couple years ago, he was like one of the, I think he was rookie of the month in April. I had him in our RM2 league. Now I'm trying to uh, shoot. He ended up getting released a couple, mean, not long later. You mean this? You mean this past year? No, it's a couple years ago. I want to say 2021 or 2020, maybe this, I bet it was 2021. He was a, shoot, I can't remember his name now, but he ended up getting released and now he's out there. But, you know, he was one of those players that was kind of viewed similarly as a up and coming prospect and he wasn't a great defender and they, it was like, they just moved him around, but the bat wasn't strong enough to hold and black is going to have pressure on the bat because of his ability or his weakness on the, on the field. Yeah, that's that's one thing I I actually think about quite a bit. We were even talking about it earlier today, but a lot of people will say defense doesn't matter in fantasy, and it is just it's just not true. And it's mostly because yeah, it doesn't directly impact your fantasy stats, correct? But 
it's it allows you to stay on the field and in some cases provides you a longer leash you know like an elite defender is going to have more time to work through his struggles on offense if they're having struggles than someone that isn't that great of a defender. I mean, if you're not a great defender and you're struggling on offense, then you're getting sent down, you know, it just isn't, it's not that hard to figure out. So yeah, I don't know what to make of Tyler black. I, I feel like he can hit a little bit and has speed, but yeah, kind of what you said. I mean, 45 arm at third base. That's kind of strange, isn't it? It's yeah, just weird. It doesn't fit. But it's just a weird fit. Yeah. And, and a corner guy without, even league average power necessarily. I don't know, but they, but they do have, like you were saying, they do have um, a potential opening for him this season. So I agree. He probably gets, just gets a shot, but I have no clue when, you know, stuff like that, but could be early. Like I, it wouldn't shock me if he was up opening day, but I don't think he played too much in triple a last year without looking. So yeah. What about Tyler black had a heck of a, tw- um, not Tyler Black. You bet. You bet ah, cut yes. that. Brett Beatty. Can that guy rebound this year? He had a good 2022. Wait, wait, wait. Just, just start it over because I just said, I just said you better cut that. Just redo oh, I that part. You even say that. Okay. Yeah. It just threw me when you're like, what about Tyler Black? I'm like, all right. What about Brett Beatty? Can that guy rebound? He was pretty well viewed as a prospect as he was getting ready to come into 2023 had a really good 2022 season and it was not great this last year it went in the major leagues what are you like have you faded at all on Beatty Uh, I've got a dynasty share I've always kind of liked him I haven't drafted him in redraft I don't think I have this year um but yeah I still think there's time I think he's a pretty good hitter um, needs to hit the ball in the air more, but yeah, I, I think for the Mets, it just needs to be one of those things where they just let it play out for a full season at least and see what they have been kind of some toying around with them and stuff. And I think it's just time to find out, you know, so, but yeah, yeah I could see, I could see it. Uh, I could see it getting better for him. He's young enough. He's got enough pedigree, but yeah, last year was definitely not good. So we'll, we'll see. So he's penciled in at third base right now to start the year, and it doesn't look like – I mean, they've got Joey Wendell on that team who's the ultimate play anywhere but probably more of a bench bat player. So, yeah, the opportunity seems to be there for him unless the, they're the team that goes and signs Matt Chapman, which you could never yeah. put anything past that owner. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. It's possible. Yeah. All right, uh, Makata LeMayhew, either one of those of interest? Eh, I mean, it's playing time in this range, you know, like we're kind of in, in like a, in a fab league, probably not, You'd probably just take somebody with more upside, but in like a draft champions, I mean, there it's playing time close to pick 400. So it's hard to hate on it too much. Yeah. I could see myself taking LeMayhew in the reserve, like beginning of the reserve rounds with the multi-position eligibility being a first bit and third, like He's not what he was like a few years ago, but he, he's boring. But, you know, get a little production and 
unless um oh shoot the shortstop with whom whom Volpe gets himself up to the top of that lineup Mayhew's probably staying there and if so that's at least good for runs scored hitting in front of Juan Soto and Aaron Judge so yeah yeah Mankata I mean third base only now hasn't played but a little more than a half season each of the last few years I don't know if I can get as excited for him given he's one position that really doesn't help as much yeah, I, I actually kind of like Wilmer Flores a little bit. We kind of skipped over him, but mm-hmm. um, he's can play both corner spots and has some pop and should play. I mean, he, he plays essentially every day or close to it, not quite. I, well, how many how many games did he play? 126, 151 the year before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was a good hitter last year. So I people that weren't paying attention would just overlook it, but – 284, 355, 509 slash 864 OPS. I think uh, I think you could do worse in this in this kind of range of the draft. He's he's like boring, but you know it's just he's gonna play. So you got me wondering. I'm gonna trying to pull it up real quick because he used to seem like he was one of those guys that only started versus lefties and did not start no, that's versus righties. Def- it's definitely not the case. And now I'm wondering what his OPS versus Rodgers Actually, I don't, I don't even know if that's been the case for a while because he's played a lot of games the last few years. Yeah, you know what? His righty versus righty OPS this last year was 847 versus 888 against lefties. So yeah. if, if he had split problems, those are no more. I don't know what they were a couple of years ago. I'm not going to take the time to look, but that's a really good – Like, I'm glad you brought that up and caused me to go look at that because – that has me more interested right there. Yeah, I don't mind him as like a corner guy or bench guy, you know. And then if everything breaks right on your team, which it never really does, but if it did, then, you know, maybe you're not even using him on like a really good team. But I just think he can fill in if you've got injuries and stuff like that. Obviously, those dual eligible guys are nice. Anybody else on that to touch on? I think we've kind of touched on anybody that's not um, yeah, multi-position. We kind of mentioned Duran and Chris Taylor, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much most of them. So. so let's go outside the 400. I got the 400, 500s here. Um, I'm not listing these guys off. I want to bring up Michael Bush first. Um, where do you think he should go now, and what are your thoughts on him? You know, he's on your cubbies. Yeah, I was actually going to look. Um, I'm going to pull up where he went in this draft currently. Go ahead and say what you think about him for a minute while I do this. This is a guy I don't have a good read on, to be honest, and I did not look too much into him. I mean, he did hit 27 home runs in AAA with a three twenty three average. But I, you know, I typically struggle taking anything any Dodgers prospect does in AAA. Like, I, I've told you this earlier when we were talking about him in terms of my dynasty startup. I remember Jock Peterson going 30-30 just in his final season in the minors. And in that same park and hit for some insanely high average. And yeah, I just, I don't know what to take of this guy. I mean, he's not no speed, maybe has some pop. I mean, I'll all under those 27 homers. I think, yeah, you said steamers got him for 14 homers on a 433 plate appearances. Zips. Like looking at all of them, like most of them are between 11 and 18, 11 and 17. And then zips up there with 22 homers. But yeah, I just think he's okay. I'm not, like somebody who's in love with him by any means, but he's also not somebody I've followed as closely. I will admit. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, he went. Michael Bush in my draft currently went in round the last pick around twenty two, so pick three thirty, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously up from here, which it probably should be with the move to the Cubs. I think that move was before the pick. So, uh, I as far as what he is, I've always I've always liked him a little bit, but given where he's at now, it's I mean, he's always been a pretty good hitter. You know, he he can hit. He's got some power, um, but he's 26, and he has 81 career plate appearances. So I think if anybody tells you they know what this guy is, they're just lying to you. Like I don't, I don't think anybody knows really what he is as a major leaguer. You know, and mm-hmm. I think he's much more likely to get a shot with the Cubs than he w- was with the Dodgers. That's pretty obvious. So. Uh, this season will be pretty big for his value, and I, I I could see it going a lot of different ways. I I don't really know what to expect, but I do think he should go higher than he has previously because the obvious opportunity. So kind of a wait and see thing. I I could see him being pretty good, but I could also just see him turning into not much too. It's it's a tough adjustment. I mean, he's 26 and hasn't really even played in the majors much, so it's hard to say. Nice part is, like, with the Cubs right now, it seems like he's the most likely candidate to be their first baseman. So you could be getting first and third eligibility out of him, too. But he's got to perform. I mean, the Cubs are hoping to win, and I don't know if they're just going to play him if he's not performing and everything. So, yeah, I think yeah. they've got they can always try other things. And there's no guarantee that he's the first baseman. I mean, they could still bring back Cody Bellinger and decide to make Cody the first baseman. And right, right. With Shaw there in that organization too, Shaw could be up soon, and then you never know if he's not playing well. All of a sudden, he's pushed out. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's locked into anything necessarily. What about anybody else in the four hundred, five hundred? There's a few prospects in here. I see Curtis Mead. I see oh Kobe Mayo. Those are two right there. Anybody like anybody out there? Jump out. Yeah. Out J.D. Davis is pretty good against lefties, should play a good amount. Um, Oswald Peraza, I think, could get in there some. He can play some different positions, too. Is young, and obviously if he was able to secure a spot, that lineup and Parker appealing. And, yeah, Mayo, I mean, really good prospect, just a matter of when he comes up and I mean, they've got Gunner, they've got Jackson Holiday. It's hard to say exactly how all that's going to shake out because they've just got a lot of guys for not a lot of spots. Um, yeah, a lot. Most of these guys typically, you know, typically like when we get into this range, it's prospects, and without a super clear shot at immediate, immediately playing and. Kind of boring, boring veterans. Yeah, Anthony (laughs) Rendon. Yeah, I man, if Anthony Rendon is at all healthy, this is probably an easy profit. But you say that it's it's like impossible to. Well, I said if he's at all healthy. I mean, but that's the caveat. But he played forty three games last year and he hit two homers. (laughs) He might just be cooked. I mean, no, I know. Yeah, it's very possible. 
181. If you take the last three seasons, you're getting around 140 games played, and he's got a grand total of 13 homers during that stretch. And a batting average that ranges I mean, between 229 and 240. Jeez. In, in fairness, the 20 guys that are listed here, how many of them are even going to hit 13 home runs this year? <laughs> I, it, like, what, three of them? I mean, that I'm just saying, I'm just talking about playing time. You know, yes. if, if he's healthy, he's playing. So, but I get that he's probably not healthy. He and Nixon so. Zeller right there back to back. Who would you rather have between the two? You just decide you're neither, pick. neither, neither. <laughs> I would rather have Sinzel just, but I mean, his OPS versus right-handers is terrible. So, I mean, I'm not saying that as some sort of big endorsement of Sinzel, but <laughs> yeah. Anybody else here is a late round flyer. I think you want Farmer, to... I think Kyle Farmer would play a little bit too with uh, Polanco being gone. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. at the start of the year. And I mean, he's, yeah, at the start of the year and he's got triple eligibility, I think. Does he? Is it second, short, third? Pretty sure. Very possibly so. They also have Willie yeah. Castro there. Is Willie Castro not? Is he in the outfield for them? I'm not positive, but I'm yeah, farmer right now. Farmer is uh, second, short, third. Just as a you know, obviously these are super late guys, but oh shoot, yeah, they got this Royce Lewis guy that's supposed to be playing third base. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, who is their third baseman? I went and looked and I saw Willie Castro was DH. Yeah, Castro's DH, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just see. But yeah, if if Farmer can just get himself in the lineup a little bit, like right now it doesn't seem like he's slated to be a starter. And on top of that, actually, I was hearing rumors that the with the moving of Polanco, the Twins are a team that could be in on like a J.D. Davis or another one of those types of players to come in to play DH right now. So if that happens, farmers bear yeah. even more. But I mean, yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't know. And you're talking about pick what four hundred and whatever else. Yeah, uh, right. I don't. I mean, it, it's just more like the with Polanco going out. But yeah, it's not like it's anything much more than eligibility late in the draft and hold. I listed off everybody after six hundred. I'm not even going to try to list. Is there any of these end game guys you want to bring up that you might be able to take a stab at? Uh, I think I, I've drafted, um, I drafted Tyler Freeman in one or two spots, a prospect for the guardians that's Mm -hmm. been up briefly, but no, not really. I'm, I'm usually taking pictures in this range, so I don't, I don't really have a ton on like late corner bats. I just, yeah, they're all kind of gross in different ways, you know? I agree. I'm really looking at all these guys, and I'm like, who on earth have I even drafted so far? Like, I yeah. see Mike Mustakas there, and I I always tend to find myself looking at his name because he gets signed somewhere like during the season. He'll play a little bit, and he stinks. But I mean, he's he's at least he can compile a little bit. But it's ugly. Like, yeah, I think Brian Ramos could be up potentially for the Sox just because of how bad you expect him to be. I I think he'll mm-hmm. be up at some point. Um, Brady House, any chance for him? Possible, yeah. Yeah, he definitely would be a fun one to get called up if he uh-huh. get if he gets it. I I don't know for sure, but um, one thing that tends to happen though, a lot of times we get into the season and all these guys that we didn't think would come up are just coming up. Yep. So I I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, I mean House will definitely be a 
interesting one if he gets called up for sure because he's got a lot of Thompson. a lot of power and yeah Thompson's another one that's semi interesting because you know obviously he'll have the ballpark and all that with Colorado. I think I heard that Chris but, Bryant's being like he's going to be their first baseman this year. I think I read that this week. Yeah, somewhere. I think I read a little about that too. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah a lot of these are um, kind of hands off, you know. But it doesn't mean that there there won't be guys that pop up during the season, or you can pick up in Fab and like a Fab league stuff like that. All right, let's sum this up here. Third baseman that you're going to be most likely to end up with on like on your teams this year. Man, I don't really. It's funny because I don't. I don't really feel that strongly about this position. Like, it, there's no player that I'm really zeroed in on. Um, I, like I said, I've got I think two Riley shares so far in redraft. One Devers. Uh, one gunner, but I don't mind like the values. I did take Noelvi in one, but I don't, I don't mind like the Burger Muncy Bregman. Obviously, Arenado. I guess I would probably say um, probably Camonero actually. As far as like who I. I mean, I've got a couple already, and I'm just comfortable with where he's going and what I think he can do. So I guess it would be him, but yeah, as far as the guys like above him, I'm not trying to get him as my third baseman. Because uh, corner is <clears throat> another thing with corner is I feel like if you take a third baseman, obviously above Caminero. And then you take Camonero as your corner. And you also can envision a world where he has flexibility to move to like middle infield too, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like even if he lets you down or he's not up right away, you can fill in for that short period of time with a corner bat, um, especially in a DC, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he would probably he would probably be my guy, but if the guy's up higher, um, I don't know really any of them. I, I don't have like a strong, I love or hate any of these guys too much. Yeah. For me, I think it's Machado, Arenado, Bregman, that kind of range. I I mean, I don't ha- I haven't drafted Bregman yet. I've drafted Machado in two of my three. So maybe Machado is the answer. Um, I like Camonero too, but I haven't ended up with him anywhere. So yeah, I'll say Machado. What about first baseman? You're like, yeah, that guy probably I'm staying away from. It's kind of kind of similar, really, but I, I guess I mean I'm probably not that likely to get Royce Lewis, kind of like we mentioned. Um, I'm not completely opposed to it, but I just think that in that spot, I'm probably just waiting far later um, and realizing, you know. I'm, I'm not likely to get stolen bases, but the rest of the production could be close. So I guess he would probably be my one. I, I'm not likely to get Alec Bohm, um, probably not Cabrian Hayes. So, yeah, I guess those would be my uh, main picks. I do want to mention, I know, I think we talked about him on the first base podcast, or at least you had said, but I kind of like Jamer. 
the more I've thought about it. Yeah. Candelario. Like where he's going. Um, first base, third base eligible in that park. Everyday playing time. Kind of getting more on the uh, Jamer bandwagon lately. Yeah, and the nice part about having him as a corner is if either your first baseman or third baseman get hurt, you're able to plug him in since he's got both. Yeah, I'm yeah, in. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's one where he's going to blow away this spot. But I also just think he can volume his way to a profit. Yes, and not kill you even if he's like not great. So. Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that. I, I couldn't remember how much we talked about him on the first base podcast. It feels, feels like it was a while ago. but uh, It's been a month. I definitely like him more than I did than the more I've thought about it and looked into it. So, yeah, my guy's very similar. Royce Lewis, like you just said, and just about everybody, like all three, all four guys, like in the 13 to 16 range of Noel V. Berger, Bohm, and Hayes. I just don't think I'm going to end up with any of those guys either, so. Yeah, I think that's the way I'd say it. Any other closing thoughts on this position before we get out of here? No, I, it's funny because I've, I've drafted mostly early ones and I'm starting to think more about just waiting a little bit on this position because I don't mind some of the guys that are going a little bit later. I mean, you can't wait too long. Um, I would say I want my third baseman by probably by the Bregman spot. Um, well, you could probably get by with like two of the ones after that, but yeah, I may be changing it up a little bit with my strategy with third base. Cause I, I don't get me wrong. Like I love, I'm going to love having Riley endeavors. It's not about that, you know, it's just more about, uh, I think I can put, I think, yeah, I think I can push it a little further at this position and, uh, attack like second base. I know we had kind of mentioned like, and I've had a couple drafts where I felt like I waited a little too long in second base. So maybe that a little earlier, um, outfielders never hurt and obviously pitching. So something has to get pushed down. I, I could see it being this position. Yep. That's definitely been my way since the beginning. I haven't taken any of those top guys yet and, I've I've liked my third baseman in every draft so far, so yeah, I'm totally fine waiting on this just a little bit. Yeah. One position I don't want to wait too long on that we're going to talk about next week is outfield. We have a so, lot of work ahead of us. <laughs> oh I, man, I should probably I should probably start my prep right when we uh, right when we get off. Yeah, we might have three episodes of outfielders that we're going to be putting out in the next like starting in about a week i guess at the end of this week and beginning of next week it's there are going to be a lot of them i think we're i'm gonna like i have plenty of time off on sunday i mean this podcast at this point is being put out probably on monday morning but hopefully i'll have spent all of a lot of sunday working on that podcast while i have some free time because there's a lot of names to cover and if so we'll put out all three but if not we're at least going to get two episodes of outfielders out next week Let's play a quick game. You ready? Okay. I'm going to say, or you pick a number, one through 50. Okay. And I'm going to say that, don't don't pull up ADPs or anything. I just did, but I'm closing it. Yeah, close it out. Um, One through 50. I mean, don't do one through 10. Do like 11 through 50. Um, 39. And I'm going to give you an outfielder. So the 39th outfielder. 
and I just want you to say if you think you're in or you're out, is 39th outfielder in the last month, Jaron Duran. Oh, man, you pick one I haven't paid much attention to, to be honest. I would say out because I haven't taken him anywhere, but that also could be due to lack of looking into him enough. I So that one, I'm going to put it out, but it's more of maybe a neutral. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I, I don't anticipate getting too much of him, but I've heard a couple guys in on him. Give say one number, I'll I'll give my take and we'll okay. close it out. Well, no, that means you give a number and, and Well, I'll, I'm looking at oh, it. Okay. I'm looking at it. So you say the numbers. 23. 23 is Oh, I'm in. Seiya Suzuki. Ooh, yeah. yeah, your guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, I don't, I'm definitely in on him. I have not grabbed him yet. I was a little lukewarm at the beginning of the offseason, but yeah, I'm definitely in on him. It's funny. It's funny. I, I actually liked him last year too. And it was it wasn't the best. It was just it was just okay, but um he was banged up a lot. And yeah. I feel like though in a lot of drafts, right when I'm about to pick him, he's one of those guys that gets taken like right before I'm about to take him quite a bit. So I feel like everybody is or at least in the drafts I'm in a lot of times, it's like, oh, this isn't a secret, and I wish it was, but yeah. Yeah, I like them for sure. We'll yeah. get more into it next week. Yeah, we got plenty of them to touch on. Yep. I mean, how? let's see. How When I go like 120 deep, oh, geez, 120 deep still in cruise. Yeah, there's just it's so much to talk about. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, just on outfielders? I thought you meant like 120 picks because like George no. Springer's ADP is right about 120. Yeah. And uh, he's the 26th outfielder. So, yeah, there's a lot of them. We've gone more in depth on outfield. Maybe this will be four four episodes and they're just too much to do on one. Who knows? There's so many many studs, too. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yep. It'll be fun. Yep, we're gushing. We need to get out of here. Yep. (laughs) Well, thank you, for everybody, for listening. And until next time. Take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 